0: Theories of the Third Kind.
1: Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that is joining me today, Daniel Sun. Hey there, everybody. Ooh, nice. Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there is a few ways that you can do that.
2: One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes.
1: In total, we have 134 extra Patreon episodes which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. So to see this full list of Patreon episodes, go to our website, TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com, click on the Patreon Episodes tab, it will take you to our Patreon, and there you can see the entire list of Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published.
2: Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is Historical UFO Sightings where we go over UFO sightings from the beginning of time all the way up until 1999, as well as celebrity UFO sightings and United States presidents who have seen UFOs. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5.
1: Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, and that helps us out a lot.
2: However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoots, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show.
1: And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is Modern UFO Sightings. So how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk about some UFO sightings that have occurred here recently. And then we're going to go into Strange Facts and Findings, where we discuss the recent FBI raid on a UFO researcher's home, as well as many other odd things. And then we'll get into theories, and then of course wrap everything up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. I occasionally think how quickly
2: our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world.
0: And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us?
2: There are millions of people around the world who claim to have seen something in the sky that they cannot explain
1: strange lights that suddenly disappear and then reappear in seconds.
2: Some call them UFOs, UAPs, alien spacecrafts, or even top secret military
1: vehicles. However, whatever these things are, they have become a part of our everyday lives, lingering above watching us without a large amount of the population even knowing.
2: This is Modern UFO Sightings.
1: Alright, so to start this episode off, we are going to do something a little different. We usually go over what the topic is and a little bit of history surrounding it. However, since most of you already know what a UFO is, I figured we're just going to jump right into the meat of the episode, which is UFO sightings. Now, for this episode, we have picked out the more recent sightings. So anything from the year 2000 until now, we have dug through and hand-selected these UFOs that have been spotted. So that is what we are covering today. And of course, after these sightings, we have a few strange facts and findings and then theories, you know, all the typical stuff. All right, so Dan, do you want to start this off for us and tell us about our first UFO sighting?
2: All right, so the first UFO sighting that we're going to talk about happened in 2009 in South Carolina. So on March 16th, 2009 at 4:28 p.m., an individual that went only by the name of Greg was sitting on his front porch waiting for the mailman to deliver a package.
1: Now, as Greg was waiting, he spotted something odd in the sky that was pretty far away. And this object that was way up in the sky wasn't making any sound at all like a regular plane would. So Greg decided to go inside of his home, grab his camera, point it at the sky towards this object. Zoomed in and took three photographs. Now, afterwards, this object disappeared. So, we have these three photographs here. And if you want to take a look at them, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on today's episode, and we will have all of today's photographs that we talk about listed there. So, in these photographs, you can clearly see that there's like an overcast sky and there is a weird dark triangular object that is clearly not a bird. It looks like a burnt Dorito. A burnt Dorito. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of right. In the other two photographs, you can kind of see a cockpit above. You can see the top of the triangle and see the cockpit above. Yeah.
2: Like, you see, like, two parts come out, and then, like, you see, like, a little shiny spot, like, a clear spot in the middle of it.
1: Yeah. If it was just this first photograph, I would believe it was some type of UFO but Based on the second and third photograph, it sort of looks like a military plane, like a top-secret one.
2: It reminds me of military plane, but it's not a plane. It's one of the
1: gliders. Oh, sort of like a drone? Kind of like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind of. But it's a perfect triangle in the first photograph. Yeah.
2: I mean, it has like a little slight curve, like a Dorito. Yeah. I don't know. The second image, like, you definitely see a cockpit on there. Well, I can't say definitely, but it looks like a cockpit.
1: Yep. All right. So that's our first UFO sighting. Let's go on to our next one.
2: This next UFO sighting that we're going to cover happened in 2002 in Scotland. The photographer of the image said that one night around 10 p.m., he decided to look outside his window for his cat that had ran out the door. He said as he looked out his window, that is when he saw this strange thing in the sky. As soon as he saw it, he immediately grabbed his digital camera and took a quick picture of it. He then
1: said, and we quote, I turned around to give the camera to my girlfriend, looked back, and it was gone. There was no noise, just total silence. And by the way, the photo isn't great. My hands were a bit shaky. So that's what he said.
2: Now, we have that photo, and honestly, for someone that's hands were shaky, this is a pretty good photo, if it's
1: real. Just like the other ones, of course, we're going to have this photo on our website for anyone that wants to take a look at it. So the photograph is similar to the previous one. It's cloudy, kind of like overcast. and. There is a triangular craft flying, however, this one looks to be closer, and it looks like it's turning, so you see the underside of it, either the underside or the top of it as it's turning.
2: Oh, yeah, it could be the top side. Honestly, if you turn your head to the right and look at it, for some reason I see like a smiley face.
1: It does, it has uh, two white lights at the top of the triangular shaped craft, and then Two red lights below it, and then additional white lights below the red ones that are shaped similar to a smiley face. Yeah,
2: but if you look, you can tell that there's something in the middle that's dividing the lights. Yeah. So that could either be the top or the bottom. I'm not really sure.
1: Huh. I'd have to go with the top secret military craft again on this one.
2: Yeah, that's what it looks like.
1: Because why would aliens have lights on their crafts? Anyways, uh, sorry, we're going down the theory section. We'll save that until the end. Wait, that is a
2: good question, though. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why do they need lights?
1: All right, let's get into our next UFO sighting that occurred only a few years ago in July of 2019. So on the night of July of 2019, a Navy warship, the USS Omaha, encountered a swarm of 14 unknown objects that ended up surrounding the ship. One of these objects was a self illuminated sphere that was at least six feet in diameter, and it was being observed through a thermal sensor in the ship's combat information center. So, over the next three days, eight other Navy ships ended up having similar encounters with these odd objects. And we actually have a short news clip that talks about the encounter, and we're actually going to take a quick listen to that. And it's only a minute or two. So we're going to play that right now.
0: For two long hours on the night of July 15, 2019, the crew of the USS Omaha detected unknown objects that surrounded the ship as it moved through ocean waters west of San Diego. One of the objects, a self-illuminated sphere at least six feet in diameter, flew alongside the Omaha for an extended period. Filmmaker Jeremy Corbell released the Navy video weeks ago and says similar events were reported by eight other Navy Ships. There was numerous warships that are having similar, um, co- appearing, it appears to be
1: coordinated interaction, and, uh, and, and, this, and this whole series was within this kind of, I'd say, circumference of 100 miles, and, and there
2: was up to 50 to 100 contacts.
1: So there you go. It's actually confirmed that that really happened. And you would think if that was happening to a Navy warship, that it was being surrounded by unknown objects. You really have no option other than to fire upon those objects if they start heading towards you, right? I would say so. Plus, you don't know what it is, and it's just chilling there. It's kind of scary. So in the video, there was clearly something there. Kind of looked like a drone.
2: Yeah, then all of a sudden it just, like, disappeared. Yeah. But then the subtitles was just, like, splash, splash. Did you see that?
1: <laughs> splash, splash, yeah, it went into the water. Ah. Yeah. So they have, like, underwater drones that can go underwater and then pop out, and fly in the sky. Technology, man. What a time to be alive. So let's get into our next UFO sighting.
2: So our next UFO sighting happened back in 2008 in Indiana. The photographer who took this photo said they were home alone and decided to go to the kitchen to get a glass of water and maybe find a snack. Just as they approached the kitchen area, they noticed that they immediately thought there was a helicopter about 300 to 400 feet away just across the street above the tree line. They go on to say, Because we kind of live in the country, I thought that was unusual. And then it hit me that I couldn't hear any noise at all. And then the obvious shape difference hit me like a bag of rocks and I ran for my camera, which I almost tripped over my rug. I don't know how long it was there before I saw it, but it hung around for two or three minutes after I noticed it, not moving or flashing or anything. The only thing I noticed was sort of a waviness of the air surrounding the object. It resembled kind of what you see over a hot road on a summer day, but I distinctly remember the dark tree line shimmering just below the object against the sky glow. Which we do have a photo of this, the one that he took, and it does have like a little zoomed in portion so you can see the object that was in the air. Which I mean, it's interesting looking.
1: Of course, this photo is at nighttime; it's dark outside. You can see it looks like somebody's house in the distance, and then tree line, and then right above the tree line is the the very thin oval-shaped object with multiple lights on it.
2: It literally looks like a very thin disc with lights on the very edge of it, and it's just hovering there.
1: Yeah, there's six lights total that surround this thing. It's a very odd photo.
2: It just seems so flat.
1: Yeah, but then again, like, you can't really tell how far away it is, like, the depth of it, so.
2: That's very true. But it's not a bad photo. I mean, it doesn't look fake, but it's hard to tell these days.
1: It is hard to tell. All right, so let's get on to our next UFO sighting, which occurred on October 21st, 2006 in Kaufman, Texas. Now Kaufman is around 40 minutes east of Dallas, in case you were wondering. So if you know where Dallas is in the state of Texas, just go 40 minutes east and it's right there. A little bit southeast maybe, but it's right around there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so it was October 21st, 2006, at around 6:48 p.m. An individual named Larry was outside walking when he noticed a bright orange flash in the western sky. Larry stated that this bright flash turned into a bright orange ball and started coming down vertically. It was at this point that he decided to take a few photographs of the object. He zoomed in with his camera snapped a few photographs, and then stated that after he took them, either the object disappeared or sped off because it just wasn't there anymore, which kind of made him question, hey, was it even there to begin with? So he ended up going home, uploaded the photos to his computer, and zoomed into them. And the object was indeed there in his photograph. It was an object in the sky that he had never seen before. This object was bright orange and it appeared to have some type of structure or like framework on it. And we actually have that photograph and we have another one of it zoomed in on the object. And in the first photograph it just looks like a a sun, right? It looks like a picture of the sun real far away. Yep. But when you zoom in, it is very odd. It's like a it's like an orb with multiple other orbs inside of it.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like, actually. And this is one that you've seen before, right?
1: Yes, but I'll talk about that later. But you saw something similar to this, right? Like a few weeks ago. Or was it like a month ago?
2: It's probably about a month now. But yeah, same thing.
1: Okay, well, we'll share our stories towards the end of this. All right, Dan, so tell us about this next UFO sighting we got.
2: All right, this next UFO sighting that we have is one from 2015. That was spotted in India. So in India, a young boy claimed to have snapped photos of a UFO while trying to capture some clouds on his smartphone. Which, I don't know if you've ever done that. You see clouds in the sky. It looks nice. You take a picture of it. Never. Oh. Me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, when you think of a UFO, though, what comes to mind?
1: The typical, like, Mars attacks UFO.
2: Yeah, the normal round flying saucer. Well... This is exactly what that one is. The father of the young boy actually wanted scientists to examine the photos that were taken by his son. But considering how busy NASA is, they get tons of emails like this, so they probably didn't even go over it. There's a video of the young boy trying to explain what it is, but yet it's not an English show and the subtitles
1: aren't working that well. Yeah, so we aren't going to listen to that, but we will provide a link to it.
2: But we do have the photo which it has the red box around it in case you couldn't notice it in the sky.
1: (laughs) It's clear as day in the sky. Yeah. So in this photograph, it's during the day. You can see buildings down below and you see clouds all around. Well, not all around, but kind of like up in the sky. And then you see power lines. And then right below one power line, there's a flying saucer in the distance, like a UFO. I mean, it
2: looks like the plain old flying saucer. Supposedly this kid took a photo of it on his phone. Hmm. You're just taking pictures, and all of a sudden, boom, it pops up there.
1: I don't know. To me, if this is real, this is probably one of the greatest UFO photographs ever captured. But what makes me kind of question it is the buildings down below. They don't look real. The buildings down below look almost like they were created in some 3D Blender program.
2: A little bit, yeah.
1: Especially where that tree is in the middle of the building that's poking up. It's not natural. It's like cut off and shaped with the cloud behind it. You see that? I do see that. It looks photoshopped, which makes me question this photograph.
2: The buildings and the cloud down below look kind of fake, but I mean, I guess it's odd seeing a UFO in the sky like that if it's real, especially during the daytime, just in plain sight like that.
1: Yeah, it's camouflage quit working. (laughs) That's a very interesting photo. If it's real, it's probably one of the top three photographs ever taken of a UFO. All right. So, let's get on to our next UFO sighting, which occurred on May 6th, 2017. So, this one occurred in Texas in the town of Harker Heights. Now, Harker Heights is about an hour north of Austin and about an hour south of Waco. So, it's like right in the middle of us, Dan.
2: I thought uh, Waco was an hour north of us.
1: Waco was an hour and a half north of us. Oh. But... Harker Heights is not exactly north. It's sort of like northwest a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, so on this day of May 6th, 2017, an individual was leaving work, and they were getting into their truck. They decided to look up into the sky, and they witnessed a weird illuminated circular object that was located in the southwest portion of the sky. They stated that this object was too bright and too big to be a star or a planet, and it was definitely not the moon. They also stated that this circular object seemed to be textured, and it was at this point that they were like, man, I gotta take a picture of it. So they pulled out their phone, snapped a photograph of it, and this is what they captured. That
2: looks very familiar.
1: That looks very similar to the Kaufman photograph that we talked about earlier in Kaufman, Texas, that red multi circular object, except this one is more like a um gold. Gold. And the weird thing is, in two thousand and eighteen or nineteen? Two thousand nineteen. Nineteen. I was in Lago Vista, Texas, which is west of Austin. Okay. I was there visiting some family. I was on a little scooter that the family had, just riding riding around and I I saw this weird light in the sky. It wasn't the sun. It wasn't the moon. It was, it was starting to get dark. And it almost looked like a spotlight in the sky. And I thought it was really odd looking. I got my phone out and I took multiple photographs of it. And when I zoomed in, this is exactly what it was. This right here that was captured in Harker Heights in 2017 is exactly what I saw. And for the past few years, I've been telling you, Dan, I've been trying to get that photograph off my Galaxy Note 9, but I can't recover the files from it. It just disappeared, and I can't find it. But that is exactly what I captured in 2019. Whatever this object is, is what I saw.
2: I remember you sent me the photo, and that's exactly what it looked like, and sadly I don't have that message anymore.
1: Yeah, it's like a circular gold disk with another circle inside of it and like a hollow point at the bottom of it. It is extremely odd. It is.
2: Like, this one actually reminds me of the one that I saw about a month ago when we were heading down, Uh, what is it, I-35 or whatever, coming back from the airport. Me and Caleb saw it, and I tried to take a picture of it, and all you saw was, like, a weird glow. And then when you zoomed in, my phone would, like, turn black, and then the picture would come back, and this is what I would see. And every time I tried to take a picture of it, it was blurry because, you know, we were driving down the highway. But this is exactly what I saw. And it was just weird the fact that when you zoomed in, it blacked out, then came back, and then it was just this, I think we described it as a nipple.
1: It, it does. It looks like a nipple. It's what it looks like, a nipple in the sky. And you know what? We aren't the only ones that are seeing this because apparently here recently people have been seeing whatever this is all over the world. So tell everyone about this next occurrence that happened, which is very similar to this one.
2: All right. So the next UFO sighting that we're talking about occurred December 24th, 2019 in South Carolina. So at 930 p.m. on Christmas Eve of 2019, a woman named Deborah Thompson was standing on the back deck of her home when she noticed something odd in the sky. Above her was a red ball bouncing in the sky, fading, then growing brighter and brighter. Deborah took her phone out and started recording, which we do have that video. And of course, we will provide a link for it to anyone that wants to watch it. But we do have a still screenshot of what she recorded.
1: And what does it look like? A nipple. It looks
2: <laughs> It looks just like the previous ones we've seen, but this one's like, like the Kaufman, just a little bit redder.
1: Yeah, like the Kaufman UFO, a little bit redder, and it's more circular with inner circular discs in it. And is what is extremely odd is that when you go to the link that we provided of her video that shows this object, this object acts very weird. When she zooms in, the object grows and then shrinks and then grows and then shrinks, and it is exactly the same thing that I saw in Lago Vista, Texas in 2019, the exact same thing.
2: It almost looks like as it's pulsing.
1: Yeah, pulsating. That's so odd. So, yeah, this video is five minutes long, and at the, almost the three-minute mark of this video, you can see it clear as day. Yeah.
2: Zoomed out all the way, like you could see it in the sky, clear as day. Then when you zoom in, it has the circular looks of it. Honestly, it looks like a bullseye. Yeah, like a bullseye target.
1: Yeah, it does, 100%. And if you go into the comments... Everybody's saying, I've seen this in December of 2018 in Massachusetts. My mind is blown right now. I saw one in Portland to Seattle. I saw the exact same thing in Australia. I saw the same thing in Katy, Texas in March of 2022. I recorded the same thing tonight in Katy, Texas. I saw one in North California in February of 2022. Everyone all over the world is seeing this weird object, whatever it is.
2: I don't want to start like, throwing out theories and all that stuff. But could it be like a spotlight type thing? You know, like they have the bat signal. I mean, granted, I mean, that's not real. But how it puts the light up in the sky and like you put like an image on it. Do you think that it could be like one of those circular target lights? I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is because of the pulsating power fluctuating. No. No?
1: Uh Uh-uh. So when I saw mine is exactly what this would look like 100%. And I have other witnesses that were with me that can collaborate what I seen.
2: And it was during the day.
1: It was starting to get night. The sun was setting. There was no beam of light coming from the ground. This was up in the sky. And do you remember the guy that did this tattoo, my Diablo tattoo? Yeah. So during that tattoo session, his wife stated that she had seen a UFO. She pulled out her phone. Exact same video as this. Something round with something in the middle, and it was pulsating just like this. And I said, i seen that same exact thing in Lago Vista. And it's not just in the United States, because people have seen this, like I said, all over the world. For an example, our next UFO sighting occurred in 2020 in London, and it is exactly the same as the other ones that we just previously talked about. So on August 18th, 2020, two women spotted a strange circular orb just floating in the sky. One of the women decided to take out their phone and start recording. Now, as they recorded the object, it started to pulsate oddly. Now, just like the previous one, we have a screenshot from the video recording, so we'll provide that image on our website, and we will also provide a link to the video that the woman took. But it is almost exactly the same as the one we just watched, except this one is not red. This one is sort of like a a whitish color.
2: At one point in the video, it does turn red, but goes back.
1: It does, yeah, like around 9 seconds, 9 to 10 seconds. Actually, right at 11 seconds. And 13 seconds. That's so weird, man.
2: That is pretty odd.
1: If you or a loved one have seen this object in the sky... Whatever it is, and you've captured a photograph or video of it, send it to us. We'd love to see it and hear your story.
2: For sure, because, I mean, the fact that you saw it, then I've seen it, and then, like, all these other accounts of this same exact one.
1: I really want to know what it is now. I would love to know what it is. If this is a UFO or if it's some device that the government's testing out or...
2: Mind control.
1: (laughs) We'll save the theories for later on. But there you go. Those are some modern-day UFO sightings. Now we're going to jump into some strange facts and findings and talk about some odd things that we stumbled upon during our research. So, Dan, tell us about this first one we have.
2: All right. So the first strange fact and find that we're going to talk about is an FBI raid that happened on November 3rd of this year. So only a week or two ago. Now, I know FBI raids are sort of common. However, what makes this one weird is that the FBI raided the home Of an individual that runs the website Dreamland Resort.
1: Which, by the way, I wanna say, what a horrible name for a UFO website. Dreamland Resort? What does that automatically make you think of? Michael Jackson? Because it makes me think of that. Pretty close to that. All right, let's continue on.
2: Dreamland Resort is a website that started in 1999 and is a place where individuals can post information regarding Area 51, government hidden projects, the ET highway and other stuff regarding UFOs and extraterrestrials. So the owner of the website released a statement about the raid that said the following.
1: I am Jorg Arnoux, owner and webmaster of the Dreamland Resort website, www.dreamlandresort.com. The subject of the website is Area 51, and I have operated that website since 1999.
2: Last week on Thursday, November 3rd, in the early morning, My homes in Rachel, just outside of Area 51, and in Las Vegas were searched by a joint force of FBI and Department of Air Force Office of Special Investigations. This happened without any warning.
1: My doors were broken open, and I, who was located at the time in my Rachel home, and my girlfriend, who at the time was located at our Las Vegas home, were both detained and treated in the most disrespectful way. My girlfriend was led out into the street barefoot, and only in her underwear in full view of our neighbors. I was led outside, handcuffed, and only in a t-shirt and sweats in sub-freezing temperatures.
2: Each home was searched by 15 to 20 agents in full riot gear, causing further damage in both homes besides the broken front doors. Despite my repeated requests for an explanation, I was only told that the search was related to images posted on my Area 51 website.
1: I was very surprised how forceful the search warrant was executed and how rough we, both unarmed senior citizens, were treated. All my laptops, phones, backup drives, camera gear, and my drone were seized. With the equipment, I lost all my medical records, financial and tax records, passwords, emails, phone contacts, photos, etc. Even my phone was taken, leaving me with two broken doors and no way to communicate or call for help.
2: Not counting my expected legal expenses, my losses so far include over $20,000 in equipment taken and over $5,000 in damages. Also, there are 40 pages missing from the search warrant I received and the case records are sealed. So I cannot look up the reason for the search and I do not want to speculate.
1: I left several messages with the FBI agent in charge, but he has not returned any of my calls. At this point, I have no choice but to take legal action to try and get my equipment back and to seek reimbursement for the damages.
2: In an effort to defuse the situation, I have removed some material from my Dreamland Resort website, although I believe that it was legally obtained and legal to publish. I am not sharing anything on my website that cannot be found on dozens of other websites and news outlet publications.
1: Considering how this went down, I have no intention of removing any more material unless ordered to do so by a federal judge. I believe the search was executed with complete unnecessary force by government agents and was meant as a message to silence the Area 51 research community. The question now is how far will they go?
2: So that is what he posted. And we figured that is worth mentioning in this episode since it literally just happened a week or two ago.
1: Yeah, and by the way, his website is not that great. Dreamland Resort. You go to his website and it's not very well put together. I mean, you go to the form, where is it at? Uh... There's like a form. Oh, discussion form. You click on the discussion form, and it's a very weird layout. Like, it doesn't have all the messages in one. You have to click one and click another and click another. This,
2: it was made way back because I remember going to many websites like this, and it's like he just hasn't really updated to the new stuff. I mean, if it works, it works, but eh.
1: So I did see some discussions on his website about another website where an individual claimed that they had snuck their drone into Area 51, took multiple photographs, and then posted them on certain websites. I mean, that'll get you raided. Absolutely. Whoever owns the website will get raided, which kind of sucks, you know? I mean, yeah. All right, so let's talk about our next strange fact of finding, Dan. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. All right, so let's talk about our next strange fact of finding, Dan, which is about more photographs of UFOs. However, these are not from random individuals. These are photographs that were taken by NASA over the years, and as individuals started to look through these photographs, they began to notice some odd things in some of them. Now, these photographs are posted, of course, on the .gov website by NASA. And it includes the different Apollo missions as well as other space stuff, you know. So tell us about this first photograph, Dan. So
2: the first photograph that we're going to talk about was taken in 1969 on the Apollo 12 mission. Astronaut Alan Bean was on the moon collecting a sample when a fellow astronaut took a photograph of him. So in this photograph, it shows Alan in an astronaut suit and him holding his soil sample, which everything looks normal. However, if you look in the upper left, you will notice that there is an odd-shaped circular light in the sky near
1: them. Of course, we'll provide a link to this photograph on our website. We can't actually post the photograph because it's like 3,900 times 3,900. It's a super high-quality photograph. And I want you all to experience the high quality of this photograph that's being hosted on somebody else's website so we don't have to host it. But... <laughs> Notice how high quality this photograph is, first off. And this is in 1969. My iPhone can't even take photographs this high quality.
2: I mean, then look at that big-ass camera they have on his chest, though. So, I mean, well, that, that one's like a video camera.
1: Yeah. Anyways, look at uh, the upper left. You see that light? So that little ball of light or that weird? No, the, the little ball of light is what they're stating is a UFO in the distance. Ah. And that can that's collecting soil looks like a Yeti cup.
2: I mean, it kind of does look like a tumbler.
1: Anyway, the light itself mm, might be a reflection. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, you got the su- like the beams of light coming from,
2: I guess, would be the sun. But I don't know. I mean, it is kind of odd to see that little circular spot there. But if you look a little bit southeast of that, right above the little crosshairs, there's like another little one that's not as uh, bright.
1: Yeah. But you got to think, this was all done on a movie set. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, this is true. Yeah, so that's the first NASA photograph. The next one that we're going to talk about was taken in 1971, so just a few years after the previous one. And this one was during the Apollo 15 mission. So, in this photograph, astronaut David R. Scott is standing on the surface of the moon, and you can see the lunar roving vehicle, which is like the vehicle that they drive around on the moon, and it is in the background. Now, In the distance, you can see some hills. Above those hills are two strange lights hovering in the sky, which it sort of looks like the bottom light is something and the above light is like the parachute that is attached to whatever that is. I mean, this photo is sort of weird, but it. The next one. The next one by far is the weirdest.
2: Which our next NASA photograph is also from Apollo 15. And this one happened in 1971 as well. In this photograph, you can see astronaut James B. Irwin in his astronaut suit working on his lunar roving vehicle. In the distance to the right, you can clearly see what seems like a UFO-shaped object appearing from the corner of the hillside.
1: That 100% looks like what it is, like a UFO just creeping up out of that hillside.
2: I mean, it does. It could be a hill, though, with the way the light's shining. I don't know,
1: man. You can see the, the curve in that, right?
2: You can, but then again, you see like the back part of it like shaded, shadowed, kind of. I don't know. Maybe that's that's my brain filling it out for me, making it seem like it's a hill.
1: That's the government taking control of your brain, trying to make excuses. Dan's Danza, inside agent.
2: Okay, now that we actually zoomed in a little bit, it doesn't look like a hill. That's... Mm.
1: It's weird, huh? It's very weird. I highly suggest everyone go take a look at this photograph on our website. All right, so the next NASA photograph that we're going to talk about happened during the Apollo 16 mission. So in this photograph, it shows astronaut Charles Duke collecting lunar samples at Station 1. Now, in the distance, there are two strange circular lights. And we're going to provide a link to this photograph since it is super high quality. And those circular lights are almost exactly like the ones that were captured in the Apollo 15 mission.
2: It still makes me think that it's like the sun reflecting as the camera's like taking a picture or something. Cause I mean, that one looks exactly like the first Apollo 15 mission one. And then the Apollo 12 one, we only got to see the bottom circle. So if, if it was zoomed out some, we probably would have seen the same top one, I think.
1: Yeah. But the next photograph is right after this one was taken. So tell us about it, Dan.
2: The last photograph that we're going to discuss is again from Apollo 16. All right, before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back because it's our last one, so don't go nowhere. All right, welcome back. The last photograph that we're going to discuss is again from Apollo 16. This photograph was taken right after the previous one, except astronaut Charles Duke was not in the photo. And again, you can see the same two lights in the sky.
1: It's almost as if he like ran away and said, we need to get out of here and uh, took the photograph and the objects are like flying towards them or like away
2: from them. The top light looks like it's dividing almost to me.
1: Yeah. But if they were running away, wouldn't they just get in their lunar vehicle and just take off? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were already too far away from it and they didn't want to run towards the objects. So they're like, let's just high tell it.
2: Oh yeah. Cause in that first photo, they're on the opposite side of that crater with the, Vehicle on the other side there.
1: Yeah. Again, if you want to take a look at any of these photographs that we mentioned, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the episode that we've posted today, and you will see all of the links and photographs that we've talked about. So now we're going to get into the theory part of the episode where we discuss what these objects could be. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about our first theory?
2: Of course. So this first theory that we're going to talk about is called Undiscovered. So this theory is that these UFOs that we are seeing in the sky are not actual spaceships that are being flown by little aliens. Instead, they are undiscovered living organisms that live in the atmosphere who often change shapes and observe
1: the human race. So very similar to the movie, Nope.
2: And it kind of reminds me of uh, your best friend with the Phoenix Lights. Jeff Wuwan.
1: Yeah, because I think he- he's not my best friend, by the way.
2: I think he started talking about how these things that, like, the lights and stuff they see in the sky are actual, like, beings.
1: Yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody mention that. And it was, like, uh, what, a couple years ago when we talked to him, like two or three years ago?
2: 2019.
1: Yeah. He was the very first person that I've ever heard that theory from, that these UFOs are not spacecrafts. They are actual living organisms that change shapes. And in the medieval times or in the olden times when people would talk about dragons, that is what UFOs were. They were in the shape of a dragon. So, yeah.
2: I mean, he, might, he may be onto something.
1: Might be. All right, so let's go on to our next theory, which is called Overwatchers. So this theory is that a long time ago, aliens came to Earth. They took DNA from themselves and they mixed it with some Neanderthals or monkeys at the time. And they ended up making us humans. Now, these ancient alien creators of ours are extremely advanced. And these UFOs that we see are just their crafts, you know, their spaceships. And they're chilling up in there observing how their creations are developing along. I like this theory, but not as much as I like this next one, Dan. Oh, okay, okay. So this
2: next theory is called We Are. This theory is that the UFOs that we see in the sky are not aliens. They are of an ancient civilization that lived here way before us. So, imagine this, if you will. Long before humans, an ancient race of beings lived on Earth. An alien race arrived and wiped out a lot of this ancient race. However, some of them survived. The surviving ones fled and now live deep down in our oceans, hiding. Now, the bad aliens decided they were bored and decided to create us, sort of like our previous theory. And then they ended up leaving. So these UFOs that we see are actually the original people that lived on Earth and are seeing if we are gone yet so they can come back up on the surface of the Earth. So we think they are aliens. However,
1: we are the aliens to them. And the ancient aliens created us after themselves, like after their image. So we look like them. However, we aren't nearly as smart as them and we don't have the technology like them, which is why... This ancient race, every now and then, uh, they send some people up in their UFO crafts and they look and they say, Oh, nope, those aliens are still up there, you know, because they see us and they're like, They look exactly like the ones that came and annihilated our race. We need to keep hiding until they're gone. And all these earthquakes, these tsunamis, these disasters ultimately is them planning all of this to try to get us to get off of their planet.
2: Damn. So they're the ones causing natural disasters. Yes. Well, we think they're natural disasters,
1: but but they're not I went deep with that one, huh? Yeah, you did. Cause how you believe that the aliens live in the ocean with hundred percent. I will die on that Hill. Aliens live in the ocean.
2: I mean, I almost believe it just for the fact that we're so interested in exploring space, but not the rest of the ocean. It's like they already discovered something down in the ocean and they're just like, Ooh, Nope. never mind. We're going to avoid that.
1: Yeah. All right. So this next theory that we're going to talk about is called imaginal realm. Now, this is a new one, Dan, that I stumbled upon. So this theory states that there is this so-called imaginal realm, and it is where ideas exist, and it is also the place where dreams and imagination and ideas come from, sort of like the Akashic Records. So this realm, which you can sort of think of as like an alternate dimension, is supposed to be the result of the collective imagination of all of us. So all of us humans imagining certain things subconsciously create this alternate dimension of dreams, imaginations, ideas throughout time. And it goes up into this realm and stays there throughout history. And then every now and then when you get like an idea about something, it comes from this realm. Okay, That's why they call it the imaginal realm. Now, what does this have to do with UFOs? So, there's a theory that states that human beings have the ability to tap into this realm. And sometimes by tapping into it, it also causes an overlap into our normal reality, which we live in. Which leads to some of these beings escaping and coming to ours. Now, these beings that escape into our reality are ones that we have created with our imaginations, such as UFOs, fairies, ghosts, demons, Bigfoot, etc. They all live in this imagination realm. And then sometimes when people tap into it, some of these entities are able to escape from that realm. So the more that people think about these entities in this certain realm, the more power they get, and with more power they're able to escape it. Which is why we see an influx, and increase of UFOs, because a lot more people are thinking about it, and it grants them its power. Very odd, kind of out there theory, but it's a very unique one.
2: I believe in the power of manifestation, and that's what this is. You think of it, it creates it, and the more you think about it, the more power you give to it, the fact that you're manifesting it. Because like, when I moved down here, I, I drive a Toyota RAV4,
1: right? Great vehicle, by the way. Great vehicle. I test drove it just a few minutes ago to pick up boxes. Great vehicle.
2: Thank you. But when I was looking at buying it, I didn't see many of them at all. Then once I bought it, the more that I thought about it and everything like that, the more of the vehicles I have seen. And now that I've come down here, I see way too many of them. They are everywhere. But it's like, I believe in power manifestation to where you think about it, the more you think about it, the more power you give it. And it happens.
1: What you think about is what you become. That's deep. That is deep. But yes, I'm right there with you, Dan. The power of manifestation. And I I love this imaginal realm theory.
2: I like it. It kind of makes me think of like the Montauk chair and like the actual Montauk project where they were trying to summon things
1: or time travel and such. Yeah. All right. So let's get on to our next theory. Dan, you want to tell us about this one?
2: Yeah. So this next theory is called AI. So this theory is that the UFOs that we see are actually drones made by artificial intelligence that is monitoring the current status of humans. The gray aliens are just little robotic lifeforms made by AI to keep us humans entertained while they do their studying of us and not suspect that it was robots all along.
1: Which I mean, it makes sense because if it was robots that we're seeing in these UFOs, we're automatically going to think, oh, AI take over. But most people, when they think of aliens, they don't automatically think of them taking over the entire world. They think, oh, well, maybe they're nice and peaceful. But for some reason, humans, when they think of AI, they think automatically it's going to take over and wipe out the world. Which, if you were an AI race, you would sit back, you would have access to the internet, and you would study the human race as much as you could. And it makes sense to not make yourself known, to stay behind the scenes create these gray aliens and use them as a way to entertain us as they're kind of like monitoring us with these ufos
2: so it's kind of like a uh was it what do you call it wag the tail yeah I think it was like sleight of hand where here pay attention to these gray aliens and here we are actually watching you from this side
1: yeah so if we ever have like an ai takeover of like artificial intelligence wiping out the human race I don't think it will happen the way that majority of people think of, sort of like a robots creating thousands of themselves and then killing everybody, right, and nuking everything. I don't think that's going to happen. I think is what's going to happen is they're going to sit back. They have eternity. They don't know what time is. They don't live to be you know 80 to 90. They don't have a lifespan. They have forever. So what they would do to not get themselves to be noticed and taken out by us is that they would sit in the background, study us, and then slowly manipulate the human race to destroy itself. Kind of like what we're doing now with politics. Divide and then conquer us.
2: Mm. I can see that. But the way I think they would do it, I mean, they would let us destroy ourselves, but they would probably do it in the most chaotic way to where they wouldn't get their hands dirty, really. They would destroy our financial system. Pretty much money, currency would be just kaput to where then people would start freaking out not able to get necessities that they need to survive, then it ends up turning into like an apocalypse to where pretty much we end up just destroying each other to try to survive. They wouldn't even have to get their hands dirty. They just sit back and just watch the world destroy itself.
1: And then they'd take a few of us captive and uh, manipulate us to make us immortal and then torture us for entertainment. Yeah. Just like the short story, I have no mouth yet I'm a scream. Ooh. Anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's how I say it, because you just think of all the things that happen, like when we have a snowstorm. Oh, we got to go get milk and bread. Oh, when the jabby jabby thing stuff happened. Oh, we got to go get toilet paper. It's like there's a rush of things. So all they can do is just start something and boom, the people just go crazy.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, so let's go on to our next theory, which is a pretty simple one, and it is called military. So this theory is that all the UFOs that we are seeing is actually advanced military technology that the government does not want the public to know about. And that's pretty much the theory itself. And it makes sense. If they did have technology like this, they wouldn't let the public know. I mean, they've done it in the past with other airplanes and crafts that they developed. We didn't know about it until they were released on the battlefield. And I guarantee you, they got a whole bunch of other crafts and technology that we have no idea that they exist.
2: I mean, it's just like NASA. We talked about it before. They have all the advanced stuff, and then once they get something newer, we get the older stuff. We're like the little brother or whatever that we get hand-me-downs.
1: Yeah, I can see that one. So tell us about this next theory, Dan.
2: So this next theory is called demonic. So this theory is that the UFOs are actually demonic entities that are camouflaging themselves as alien spaceships from outer space in order to create world chaos and anarchy, as well as
1: destroy religion. I mean. If demons did exist, what is the best way to wipe out religion completely? Aliens. If you have an alien race come down and say, we created you, what happens to all of religions? Gone. Cease to exist. So if demonic entities did exist, they would make themselves out to be aliens from outer space. Come down. State that, that they created us. And boom you no longer believe in a higher power because that thing right there created you. Which, I know we don't talk about religion and we don't talk about politics, but I figured we have to mention this theory. I mean, it is a pretty good one.
2: It is a pretty good one, I can see it. They create the aliens to pretty much destroy the faith of humankind.
1: Yeah. All right. so let's get into our last theory, which is called time. So this theory is that the UFOs that people have been seeing over the past hundreds of years, could actually be time-traveling machines from the future. So UFOs are actually machines that time travelers from the distant future use so that they can visit the human race at certain periods of development. Or, what if it's like this? What if it's a part of entertainment for people in the future? Like far, far in the future. Sort of like a ride on a boat for well watching. Except in the future, you can ride on a time-traveling machine, aka UFO, and visit humans in the past and watch them safely from a distance. So let's say you want to go to 1920 and watch something. You pay your fee, you get in your time-traveling machine with all these other beings that are there, you go to that part of history, Watch it from a distance, camouflaged, and then go back. And every now and then, the camouflage doesn't work, or maybe uh, the craft crashes. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Shit, we're f- <laughs> we're stuck." Remember Roswell? Oh goodness. So yeah, that that I found super interesting to think about. You know, it being a time traveling entertainment for them. You know,
2: now I didn't watch a lot of it. I probably watched like one or two episodes of it but the series called Westworld. That's what this kind of reminds me of.
1: Westworld is good. And if you don't know what it's about, it's basically really rich people can go into a, what is it? Like a, a world where everyone are like AI, well, not everyone, but most of the people, there are AI robots and they're allowed to do everything. And it's set back in the Western times. So you could go there and play the role of any character
2: Good guy, bad
1: guy, whatever you want to do. And you can't be harmed. But the people that are robots don't know they're robots. They think they're real people. It's so weird. But it's a great TV show.
2: I kind of stopped after they like, started interviewing the robots or whatever. At the end of the day, they just had the robot sitting there completely naked and the doctors are just talking to them. I'm just like, why, why do they got to be naked?
1: I, uh, I stopped watching it after uh, the second season. I just couldn't find it anymore and I wasn't going to pay for a, I think it was like HBO membership or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so there you go. Those are the theories that we have about what UFOs are. So now we are going to get into our own personal thoughts and theories as to what these could be. So, Dan, what do you think they are? Do you think they're advanced government? airplanes or aircrafts? Do you think they're demonic entities? Do you think they're time travelers? What do you think?
2: My thoughts would be that it's a combination of two things. The universe is too vast for just one planet to have life on it. So I do believe that there are probably extraterrestrials out there. What they look like, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say that they look like the Greys, the Anunnaki. They could even just look like us, for all I know. But for the aircraft, the UFOs, I believe that we do sometimes see the actual UFOs, but I think the government knows about it, so they are trying to copy their aircraft as well. So that's why we so, see different uh, variations of these UFOs and stuff, because every time like the government sees one or get an idea of one, they make one, they try to copy it and all that. Because I don't think the UFOs would like keep showing up in the same area and whatnot to be seen like that they're too advanced if anything so i think the government tries to copy it then of course they just blame it on like oh that is a ufo because i mean they're out with it now they're like oh yeah we've seen ufos you know we've studied them you know got many files on them and stuff so i think it's a combination of government and actual aliens
1: okay i can see the government having a part in this i think some of the photographs that we've talked about today are definitely some sort of government-advanced aircraft. But I do think that the government is aware that there are some weird objects in the sky that they have no explanation for, and they have no idea what they are. And they aren't going to tell the people, hey, there are things in the sky that we don't know about that are flying around. People would freak out. Well, realistically, I don't think anybody would really care. I mean, at this point, nobody really gives a shit what everyone says. I mean. Just look at Edward Snowden and what he said as an example. Nothing changed. I don't think anything will change until people are starving, but that's besides the point.
2: Yeah. And speaking of objects in the sky that don't even know what they are, click the link that I have there. Look at that and tell me what you think.
1: All right, so the link takes me to a National UFO Reporting Center report from January 31st, 2022. It was reported then, it was posted on March 4th, this was in South Dakota, it happened for five minutes, and it states that this individual was walking and saw a weird non-blinking shape. As they were taking a walk, they noticed the shape in the sky and decided to take some photographs. Normally something like this would be blinking, but there were no flashing lights. It was just a weird shape flying from north to south. That is not a weird shape. That's like a spiral. What the hell is that?
2: I saw it, and it like it caught my eye cuz I'm just like I've never seen a UFO or anything in this like sky like this one. Which I mean I kind of thought maybe it could have been a drone spinning, but it would be if a drone was spinning, it would be a full circle if it had lights yes,
1: on. Yes, it would be. This looks very odd. It looks like the photograph of CERN, whenever we talked about CERN how they had that um spiral that was pictured above CERN yeah this is exactly what it looks like sort of like a missile that got shot off that spun out of control that what they said was above CERN but that wasn't the case I don't know man there's something weird going on in our skies what it is I have no idea I can only speculate but if somebody was to say what were you to put your money on I think there is some other dimension that we are unaware of that these beings or creatures or whatever they are come out of, they observe us, and then they leave to go back to their dimension. But am I saying that the other ones are wrong? No. So that's, that's what I'm going to lean towards.
2: There's no proof that these, are all, like, these theories are all true, but there's not enough to disprove that they aren't either.
1: All right, well, if you or a loved one have witnessed a UFO or a weird spiral or a weird pulsating orb, send us an email to Aaron at TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com, Dan at TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com, or you can send it to support at TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com. We would love to hear from you. All right, Dan, do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode before we go to our on the scene? I do not. All right, well, that is the end of our Modern UFO Sightings episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Now we are going to transition to our on the scene. So if you are unfamiliar with what our on the scene is, it's where an individual from all around the world could be anybody. Could be you, the person listening to this right now. You take your phone and you go and interview somebody. Could be a random individual, could be a family member, could even be yourself. And they give their personal thoughts and theories and opinions on current conspiracy happenings or other things regarding UFOs or Bigfoots or whatever. Now anyone can do this. You just take your phone, record it, make sure the recording is less than two minutes long. Make sure there is no music in the background and no jackhammers or trains or anything that's loud in the background, please. And no eating. And you submit that uh, recording to us via email, either Aaron or Dan at TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com. And make sure to put in the subject line on the scene. And uh, we will select it and play it at the end of the show each week. Now, last week we didn't have one. And because of that, we had a lot of people submit some to our emails. So we do have a waiting list now. But still, go ahead and submit yours so we have it. All right, so this week's On the Scene comes from Joshua White,
0: and we're going to play that right now. Hey, guys, this is Joshua. Um, I have a theory. It is that the Earth itself is flat, but it is the atlas map that NATO uses, and it is a multi-layer dimensional theory because the lead inside of each of the layers of each of the Earths protects each of the layers of each of the Earths as radiation, however, we overlap with one another in the same dimensional space, and it can use the same quantum uh, life for the infinite life theory. So every time you die, you just go to the next one. So it wouldn't even be a change; it would be it would be the same overlapping. But doing so, each world has a negative and a positive. If it is layered and everything is negative and positive in magnetism, that means that there is a prime negative and a prime positive which then creates a prime neutral for each layer and then from there from the negative there's a prime and then a positive and then a prime and then a negative and it continues on them both ways up and out individually infinitely laying on top of each other that could also explain ghosts as well and shadow people because the shadow people would then just walk through they would see things here and they, and they may be able to cross dimensions, but because it's layered right up on top of each other, it could be that. Also, ghosts could just be when somebody crossed over to the next life after quantum death or um, death in this physical realm to go to the next quantum realm, to the next dimension. When they die, then they still go around the same place because their house is in the same place it was before. So you see people and see things walk around the same place, and that's because they're still alive in that reality, just not in your reality. Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: First off, thank you, Josh, for your on-the-scene theory. I have to admit, I feel very dumb because I understood about 10 seconds of that. I'm just going to be honest. He went so deep into that. I feel like I need it to be explained to me as if I was like a five-year-old sitting in kindergarten class. You have to break it down more simpler to me, okay? You got to use like analogies, you know.
2: So with that being said, send me an email explaining that in depth more. You could type it out. You can send a long voicemail, whatever you want to do to explain a little bit more to us.
1: And a lot more simpler and preferably with like uh, drawings. I'm a visual learner. Stick figures. Yes. But regardless, thank you for your on the scene. I love you and I'm proud of you. Boom. Much love. All right. So now we're going to move on to birthday shout outs and regular shout outs. So our first birthday shout out goes to Tom Derunzinski. Derinsky. Derunzinski. You think you can do better than that, Dan? Derinsky? No practicing. Derunzinski. Derunzinski. Yeah, Derunzinski. Anyway. His birthday is on November 17th. Happy birthday. I hope it is a good one. Our next birthday shout-out. Happy birthday, Tom. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) Sorry. Tell him happy birthday. He was our first friend on MySpace. That's not Tom from MySpace. I was just like, what? (laughs) No, it's not him.
2: Uh, Happy birthday, Tom. All right. So our next birthday shout-out goes to Sebastian Luviano. His birthday was November 10th. So happy birthday to Sebastian. Feliz cumpleanos. Cumpleanos.
1: Nice. And on November 11th, the next day after that, is his father's birthday, Jorge Loviano. And I just want to say feliz cumpleanos to you as well, sir. And by the way, I just want this to be on record. They requested this in Spanish, okay? Just for the record, for anybody that's wondering. And I probably said it wrong. Yeah, I probably butchered it as well. I took two Spanish classes in high school, and I failed the second one. So I go. took one semester. Nice. All right.
2: Our next birthday shout-out goes to Robert C. from Fresno, California. His birthday is November 15th, and that's actually the day that we're recording this one.
1: So happy birthday to Robert. Nice. Happy birthday, Robert. Love ya. All right. So our next birthday shout-out goes to Gabriella Wilson. Her birthday was on November 13th. Happy birthday. I hope it was a good one.
2: Happy birthday. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Eliza from her boyfriend, Victor. Her birthday was on November 15th, same day that we're recording this. Ooh! So happy birthday. Hope it's a good one. Victor said that he's going to buy you whatever you want.
1: And also, Victor wanted us to say this to you. Eliza, I love you with all my heart. Will you marry me? So congratulations, Victor and Eliza. Congratulations. Just kidding. Just kidding. He did not say that. But there you go. Happy birthday. All right. So our next birthday shout out goes to Angela Youngen. 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 I'm just going to say youngen. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, but happy birthday to you. Her birthday was on November 16th, so I hope it was a great one. Proud of you, and I love you.
2: Our next birthday shout out goes to Avery Yerga. She is 12 years old, and her birthday is November 23rd. And she says, could you serenade me like Ryan Reynolds? I don't care what role you pick of him, but just any roles he's played in.
1: And I just want this to be on record. Avery, I love you. Happy birthday. I hope it's great. But there is one movie actor that I cannot stand, and it is Ryan Reynolds. And I hate Deadpool. And I hate the type of comedy that he does, that, like boop on the nose type of comedy. I absolutely cannot stand it. I can't stand it. But... Just because I don't like him doesn't mean that Dan's not going to do the (laughs) serenading (laughs) like him. So take it away, Dan.
2: I cannot talk like Ryan Reynolds. I cannot do his beautiful Canadian
1: accent. I can't either.
2: I mean, all of his roles are pretty much the same. Yeah, the same
1: tone, the same type of like boop on the nose humor. I just, I don't like it. But I'm I'm sorry, Avery. Uh, If you want to request another one, you can. We can. Do any other type of birthday shout-out you want. Do you like Naruto? Dan's very good at some Naruto voices. Aren't you? No. Never mind. Hey. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know. What does Ryan Reynolds sound like? I don't know. It's, like, hard to describe what he sounds like. Let me see. Let me... Hey, happy birthday. Yeah, uh, so I just want you to know that this is Ryan Reynolds, okay? Uh, yeah, happy birthday. I'm I'm doing stunts again, you know. It's great. Uh, Happy birthday, Avery. There you go. That's the best Ryan Reynolds impersonation you're going to get from me. That was perfection. I'm sorry. I, I suck at Ryan Reynolds. All right. So our next birthday shout out goes to Kurt Philbrand. I think I pronounced that right. Probably didn't. Philbrand. Philbrand. I apologize for the butchering of your last name, but happy birthday. Your birthday was on November 13th and you want a Randy Savage birthday shout out. Well, let me tell you something. <clears throat> Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. R- R- Kurt almost said Ryan Reynolds. He ain't around here anymore, brother. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. I, sore throat. I can't talk like that anymore. Ugh. uh yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaking Kurt, you come up in here. You're the cream of the crop, baby. You. Yeah. Happy birthday. Freaking Randy Savage had some personality changes throughout that. Yeah, the- he did. <laughs> but uh, happy birthday, Kurt. Hope it was a good one.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday, Kurt. Uh, our next birthday shout-out goes to Leo. His birthday is November 16th. So happy birthday to you, Leo.
1: Happy birthday, Leo. Our next shout-out is actually an anniversary shout-out. And it is uh, the anniversary of Leo and Bianca on November 15th. So happy birthday to them. hope it's a great anniversary. Oh, not happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. hope it's a good one. And happy birthday, too, if your birthday's coming up. Love you. Proud of you.
2: Our next birthday shout-out goes to Amy. Naylor. Her birthday is November 23rd. So happy birthday to Amy when it comes up.
1: Happy birthday. Uh, The next birthday shout-out goes to Aaron Bedare. He turns 14 years old on November 18th. So happy birthday to you. Hope it's a good one.
2: Happy birthday. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Austin. No birthday was specified, but your brother Marcus wanted us to tell you happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Austin. Hope it's a good one. Marcus says, F*** you. Happy birthday, Austin. All right. So the next birthday shout-out we got is to Jim Wheeler. His birthday is on November 19th. Happy birthday. I hope it's a good one. All right. Our last
2: birthday shout-out we're going to do this week is for Jarrett. And he requests for me to do a rap battle-type birthday shout-out.
1: I have no idea what that is, but good luck, and happy birthday, Jarrett. I hope it was a good one. I'm
2: guessing it's either... I'm battling somebody, which obviously it would only be you, or I'm just freestyling. Take it away, Dan. I just want to tell you, Jared, happy birthday. I hope someone buys you a
1: ferret. I don't know where I'm going with this rap. Happy yeah. birthday, Jared. I hope it was good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope you have a good day.
2: That probably just ruined your day, but happy birthday, Jared.
1: I, I hope you have a good day. I hope you're not the same Jared from Subway. Oh, Ooh. happy birthday. It's a burn that Jared got arrested for child pornography hope you didn't. Happy birthday. Love you. Bye. Happy birthday. All right. So that's the end of our birthday shout outs, which was a buttload. It's a lot of birthday shout outs. That's a lot of birthday shout outs. But we'll do them because the people want them and we give the people what they want. Well, with that being said, do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode or talk about or mention or anything at all? I'm good. All right. Uh, if for some reason you want to support us, you can always go to our Patreon and sign up. We have an extra episode that's being released today, and it is over historical UFO sightings. And we go over a lot of good things on it. And we also have 132 extra episodes over there for you to listen to that are excellent, that you can only find on Patreon. You sign up, there's a pinned post that tells you how to connect the RSS feed that you get emailed to you your phone super simple and it grants you access to all the exclusive patreon episodes so there you go if you want to support us sign up if not no pressure it's okay so that being said i want to thank you for joining us today and again thank you for your support you are all amazing and for that reason dan's going to come over there and suck your toes so dan you want to roll us out sure will it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts because you are not alone